Hello, and thank you for listening in to this podcast of the E43 Collective. This is the After Sunday Discussion. If you're interested in learning more about the E43 Collective, please check out our website at e43collective.com. That's where you can find out more about our other podcasts, Raking Coals, and see the blog posts that we do. Also, if you are interested in subscribing to this podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. It helps us a lot if you leave us a review over on iTunes and let us know your thoughts. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you are tuning into this. I am Cody Haggard, and with me, as always, is Josh Fauzi. Did you just pull a Bruce Almighty line? It is, sounded like Bruce Almighty. Is that Bruce Almighty? I don't know. It sounds very, very, very familiar to Bruce Almighty. It's, it's most definitely probably not original because I'm just not that creative. However, I felt like it's a great way to open up a podcast that is not live um, because we can say hello to you at any given time. But this is episode nine of the After Sunday Discussion. I'm Cody Haggard. Across the table from me is Josh Fauzi. Hello. And today we are testing out some new technology. And so if this recording ends up funny in, in any way, shape, or form, we'll ditch the new technology that we we have going on. It's not anything fancy, but it is top secret. And oh, I, my goodness. <laughs> I see Josh looking. It's a looking. USB hub, dude. Nah. <laughs> We're channeling our microphones through a different device right now. So it's probably not going to be problematic whatsoever. Uh, but anyway, Josh and I were just chatting here a little bit before the podcast. And I want to ask him the philosophical question that is on my mind. But I will refrain until another day to keep you guys on your toes about what I said about rejection and failure. Oh, however, oh, yes. however, let's keep that. Let's keep that in the bag for now. Uh, but I do want to start off by asking Josh, man, I, I honestly, how are you feeling today? Because I thought, hey guys, I'm so sorry. We talk about this stuff on the podcast all the time, but it is necessary. I really thought we were out of the woods when it came to snow because oh it is March 31st right now as of the day of recording. And I woke up to go to church this morning, and my car is covered in snow. I've got the kids all ready. Everybody's dressed, shoes on, jacket on. I knew it was cold outside. I just I, I just really didn't look outside before I left. You know, all the, the windows are closed, the shades are closed. And I get out there, and my car is covered in snow. And I was like, no, I wasn't expecting this. So, Josh, how are you feeling after that revelation from today? Finding It out wasn't that a revelation snow? from today. It was a revelation last night for me. Oh, you found out last night. Because you were in the snow. So, or you saw the snow. So I was hanging out with my neighbors across the street from me. Uh, I've known them since high school. Great family. Love them to death. Um, and we were watching some NCAA basketball and some NHL hockey and just hanging out. I, we haven't hung out in months. But anyway, so go to leave. Walking across the, like, the entire night. We are like, oh, that sounds like rain. It's raining outside. That's what I thought it was. That is what I thought it was. And it was windy. Yeah. It was windy, and it sounded like rain. And, like, we didn't hear anything. I'm like, okay, I'll go home now before it starts up again. And it's like, do you think it's still raining outside? And literally, my friend just goes, no, you should be fine. 
open the door. It is coming down and it looks like rain. And I'm like, okay, I'll just run across the street. It was like ice, like little darts of ice oh, just man. pelting yeah, me. Yeah, there you go. I'm like, oh, but it was still warm. We call that God's machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> Who calls that? <laughs> Nobody. I just made it up. Anyway, so I walk across the street and it's only like, what, six, it's like a hundred feet, whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, this is, mis- I'm miserable right now. This sucks. And I know it was only a hundred feet, but I had already walked the dog in it earlier. And I'm like, okay, it'll stop by the end of the night. It'll warm up. Wake up in the morning and it was, it's the type of snow that you can't really get off of your car. Yeah, it was thick. It was thick. <laughs> it was stuff. thick. It was wet. It was like it would have been perfect for like a snowball fight mm-hmm. or making snowmen. Yeah, we should have done that today. We should have. But I mean, cleaned my car off. I drove the twenty-three miles to church, drove back, and there was still snow in my car. That's how caked on it was this morning, and it yeah. was made me mad. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just and I- we have almost. Cleveland Indians home openers tomorrow. Yeah, this is <laughs> and this, there's four inches of snow on the ground. This is what the the second time we've been dealing with snow towards the home opener. Was it last year or two years ago when they canceled it? Two years ago they canceled it, and so now there's a potential that it might have to happen again. This is just bizarre. This is ridiculous. There's four inches of snow on the ground, and it's April first. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. April Fool's Day. Obviously, God is like, oh, Ohio, you think spring is here? Just kidding. Oh, we do talk about weather a lot, though. But the weather is just so interesting in Ohio because you never know what you're going to get. It is like a box of chocolates, like Forrest Gump says. You know what the weather in D.C. was yesterday? No. 78 degrees. Wow. See, big difference. And D.C.'s not that far away. No, it's not. Imagine. Seven. I'm getting a phone call from a family member going, literally, my my family member calls and goes, do you know what the temperature is here? What? 78. Be quiet. Like, he hung up. I'm like, seriously? (laughs) Like, that's what you're going to leave me on? Then he FaceTimes us today. He's like, you know what the temperature is outside? What? 60 degrees. It's just like, (laughs) there's snow outside. (laughs) So... So I was going to ask you, Uh-oh. like, <clears throat> if you can remember any time your parents tried to teach you a tough lesson. And oh, while wow. you think about that, I'm going to tell you about yesterday. So so I tried to do this whole parental dad thing where I'm going to teach my kids a tough lesson, right? Did you make them go shovel the snow? <laughs> no, no, I didn't do that. I'm not that cruel. So anyway, there is this video game that came out called Yoshi's Crafted World. It's sitting on my table right now. Josh is looking at the box. My kids had been watching trailers for this and all that stuff online and getting excited about it. And I was like, okay, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time to go and get this game. And so I went to the store and I picked up the game. And since my daughter, Aria, who is, is younger, doesn't play video games. She's way too young. She's one. I decided to get her a Yoshi plush doll that was right next to... I got totally marketed, man. I got marketed to death, right? I picked up a, a video game and, a, like, a plush doll, but it was only a few dollars, uh, unlike the video game. And 
Anyway, I got this for my sons because they can play it together. It's two-player. I, I, you know, when they can play something together, they can work together. That's great. I, I think those are good things for them. And I pick it up. And they're excited about the game, right? And then I give the plush doll to my daughter, and she loves this thing. She absolutely loves this thing. She thinks it's so cool. She's in love with it instantaneously. And so then my sons are like, oh, dad, why don't you get us one? And I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I just got you a video game. I think that you are completely fine with that. So anyway, it was, they were like, you know, dad, please. And I was like, oh man, fine, fine. But this is, this is it guys. Like this is it. This is like the, the, the end of the shopping spree. And so anyway, I take them back into the store with me. No, no, no. I had to go to the store to go get this. We had already gotten the Yoshi game and went home and whatnot. Because uh, I had just gone into the store by myself. And so anyway, I had to go back to the store and I take them into the store. And what ends up happening, they go in the store and they look at the plushes. And I was going to let them pick out whatever color they wanted or if they wanted a different one, whatever. And then they start to get distracted by other things, right? So they find their way into this different aisle, this toy aisle, and there's these these really, really dumb toys that are like toy beans. However, my kids were convinced that these things were the coolest things in the world, and my oldest son was trying to convince me that they can move on their own, and I was like, buddy, I don't, I don't think that's how this works. He's like, no, Dad, they can move on their own. They're so cool. And I'm like, these beans don't look cool at all, guys. Listen, I'll let you get two of these bean things, or you can get a plush toy. But we're getting out of here, and they both want these silly bean things. So anyway, I buy the beans. We bring the beans home, and these things are really, really pointless. They're literally like, like marbles in the shape of beans, and they're meant to be played like... Like, marbles are meant to be played, and they don't move on their own, first of all. Secondly, it's an accessory to a much bigger toy set that was nowhere, you know, in sight for me. And anyway, um, my kids were super-duper upset because these were a, a huge letdown. So I was like, sorry, dudes, I told you, beans or Yoshis? <laughs> you picked the beans. Now, granted, the beans were only like a dollar per thing, so I only spent like four bucks. But the point is that I would teach them the lesson. And then I heard them earlier today when I'm kind of doing something else. They're suckering their mom into getting them these Yoshi Plus things. They're like shopping for them online and stuff. And I'm like, no, no, no way, guys. You have the beans. And so I don't know. Maybe I'm silly in doing that. But that was me trying to do like my tough lesson thing. We'll see how long I can hold out on these on these beans. How big are these bean things? I don't know, man. They're probably like this, this the size of, oh man, like the the tip of that pen over there. Not very big. They're they're pretty tiny. <laughs> so, uh, they're a little bit. They're about they're about that big. Your Sorry, guys. Are, this is an audio podcast. You can't see how big that big it's is. It's like an inch. Yeah, about an inch. So they're anyway, choking do, hazards. Do you remember a time when your parents tried to teach you a tough lesson, or have you ever tried to teach anyone a tough lesson, whether it's like a, a student, a youth group, or your dog, or, or your your sister, or whatever? <laughs> I just I felt like I had to do that. I'm trying to think. Well, there was a time I didn't want to go to youth group, but my parents just made me walk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, man. My parents made me do. I I used to walk everywhere. It was great. I loved it. Ah, uh, dude, Josh, you were you were a walking champion, man. Like, <laughs> and not to mention, Josh would walk everywhere when he had a slew of friends who could drive and right. would have no problem driving in places. But yeah, Josh walked everywhere. Well, like I remember, I remember specifically one time I was running errands. <laughs> I had to go. I had to. Apply for a passport, go to Target, um, and then go to the library for something. Which, I mean, it's a, what, a six-mile trip one way? <laughs> Just from our house to Target. <laughs> it's such a long way. That's a long day. The, it, was, it was in the summer. I had nothing else going on. Um, like, I wasn't working that day. And I remember we had, um, we had youth leaders who... Long, long time ago, they they literally picked me up. They picked me up from my from walking from the post office to the library. It took me to the library. Then I just walked over to Target, did whatever I had to do there. I was walking back, and they drove past me again, picked me up, and drove me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Like my parents, they do it all the time, but I was just like. It's it's kind of all everything's kind of unforgettable. I mean, <laughs> everything everything is unforgettable. No, there's a lot of memorable stories yeah. about my parents, but now now for anyone who doesn't doesn't know, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Josh is a first generation American, um, two parents uh, from Egypt. So so Josh's experience growing up is vastly different than mine. I am a uh, I don't even know how many generations of American, but I'm full-blooded American and uh, totally Caucasian and pretty stereotypical suburban upbringing. But even though Josh and I grew up in the same city, the way in which we were raised and grew up is vastly different. Vastly different because of the differences in culture. But, I mean, it got us to where we are today, and I appreciate every second of it yeah i'm just gonna say that i I mean my parents are great and i know my mom listens so i love you mom but But yeah no i mean it's just it's been fun i mean i'm trying to think i can't think of i can't think of one Okay. I really can't. You'll probably think of one like tomorrow. Right. On my way home from work or something like that. Like, oh my goodness. At work. (laughs) So, Josh, like, just a question. How many people, like, on a regular basis, like, either ask, what's your ethnicity or what's your heritage or where are you from? Do people ask? All the time. All the time. All the time. Guess what most people say I am? Most people, yeah. What, what do they guess I am? Uh, probably, probably some form of Mexican or South American. Mexican, Mexican. Always get Mexican. Okay. Always get Mexican. Are you Mexican? No, I am not Mexican. Um, the, it was the tallest Mexican on the planet. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Like, so you've met my dad. Yeah. My dad has this mustache that he's never shaved. Okay, he trims it, and I mean, he's always had this mustache, but it makes him look Mexican. I mean, it's this really thick black mustache on his upper lip, and like we were in Cancun, and all the servers at the 
place we were staying at, we're talking to him in Spanish, and he knows no Spanish whatsoever. Oh, man, that's, <laughs> that's how Mexican he looks. The Mexicans <laughs> thought he was Mexican. <laughs> that is amazing. That's an amazing story. You know who your dad looks like? Your dad looks like that guy who, I can't remember his name right now, on Jimmy Kimmel. The guy yes. who's on Jimmy Kimmel. And and he was he was in uh, one of the Marvel movies. I can't remember for like a quick a quick snippet. And your dad looks just like him. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, you want you want to see something really interesting? Yeah. So I we tracked down this picture of my dad's my would he be my great grandfather? It's my dad's grandfather. Did I show you this picture? I don't think so. Okay, so you know how my dad looks like? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Anyone um, who doesn't know what Josh's dad looks like, you should seriously look up. I, if I knew the name, I would tell you. He is he is on Jimmy Kimmel all the time. He is the the uh, this Hispanic is my dad's guy. grandfather. Oh wow, he looks a lot like your dad. He does. Yeah. He looks like I'm trying to. God, so sorry. This is an audio. I podcast. know. I know. We know that you can't see any of this. But look at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking resemblance. Almost like they could have been brothers. Yeah. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, though, is that Mexican people thought your dad was Mexican. Yes. That is amazing. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Your, I your love dad it. would have been a phenomenal undercover narcotic agent. <laughs> I just have you seen Narcos? No. Oh. <laughs> the one guy, the one DE agent, like that's a, the, his mustache is my dad's mustache. It looks so much like my dad's mustache. I'm like, I could see my dad being in that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That'd be so oh, great. That's the crazy. truth is your dad could be, and we would never know. Right. Right? Because right. he'd be so good at his job. <laughs> he would have to be. Oh. It's too funny. It's too funny. Yeah. I'm, but, yeah. No. Yeah. I personally, hopefully, I'm hoping that we can get more stories about josh and him being a first generation american because i just totally love them and it's it's hilarious because it's so different than than what it's like for for me you know Mm -hmm. and and personally i've never had anybody ask me where i was from other than like first week of college right because everybody asks well where are you from and i'm like oh ohio right you know or people ask me what my no one asked me what my ethnicity is because you're white as a white yeah you know i'm I'm a i'm a white whitey and that's just how it goes no one asked me my ethnicity so you're the oppressor everybody talks about yeah yeah i guess so because <laughs> you have blonde hair well dirty blonde it's like a dark blonde and then but you have do you have brown eyes no yeah i yeah. have brown eyes my yeah. eyes are brown but josh how many people do you think because you're egyptian <clears throat> egypt's in africa how many people do you think when you would ask them hey where's egypt what do you think they would say middle east okay yes Okay. Now, is Egypt technically the Middle East, even though it is in Africa, Northern Africa? It always gets grouped in there, but okay. it's technically Africa. Yeah. And then it's interesting because if you look at the, like, what's considered Caucasian on, like, census stuff. like You would, are. What? Aren't you? North of the Sahara is considered white. Yeah. If you ever go over there and you look... They're not white. Okay, Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, not Alexandria, Virginia. Alexandria, Egypt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of light-skinned Egyptians. Okay. 
But you go down to southern Egypt, like by the Sudan border, they look African American. <laughs> <laughs> now Rami Malik. Yes. He is very light skinned. Uh, he's not that light. He's pretty olive though. Yeah. Yeah. But he's I w- Egyptian. Yeah, I know he's Egyptian, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if someone told me he was like Italian or mm-hmm. or another like you European know, descent. It's interesting because he's the first ever Middle Eastern person to win best best actor. Yeah, yeah, which is just proud proud of it. Yeah, way <laughs> to go, Ramy. That's fantastic. Yeah. And he also belongs to uh, right. He's Coptic, right? His family is Coptic. So, so, oh, his family is well. Supposedly, he is okay. But I, he grew up. He grew up in the Coptic Church. He grew up doing all of that. So, speaking of that, have you ever noticed how much like Christians, for example, they just love to like name drop other Christians? Yes. Like, like for example, people were like, "Yeah, I, I love Tim Tebow. <laughs> He's a Christian." Like, <laughs> Tim Tebow, really? You go with that for your example? Yeah, that was too obvious. <laughs> Let's think of, oh, another popular one, too. I see this all the time on, on the internet, right? It's like, uh, oh, dude, Chris Pratt, he's like the best actor in Hollywood. Guess what? He's a Christian. Right. Like, that's a popular one to, mm-hmm. to cling to. Or those to. HGTV couples. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Chip and Joanna Gaines are pretty darn legit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, we love doing that. Yeah. Like, have you ever noticed that as, like, a little subculture of Christianity? We just, like, love name-dropping famous people who yeah. are Christians because there's so few and far between. But it's just, like... Who's I talking to about that? I was talking to somebody. I know who I was talking to about it. It's a really good friend. But... <laughs> <laughs> or just do it. Just do it. And I, yeah. like, because when I... I should have just searched that. Yeah. But I was just... Shyla, Shyla Buff, because it's funny, because that's how everybody says his name. I know, right? <laughs> so if you've never seen it written before, you would have no idea that his name is Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> because everyone says it like one word, right? <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh man, this is this is gold right here, Josh. You have you have given the internet a gift. <laughs> this is amazing. Literally, I was on the I was on my phone for like five ten minutes trying to find him on the internet. I couldn't find him at all. I'm so mad. <laughs> Shyla Buff. <laughs> Are you okay, Cody? Oh, man, I'm not okay. This is amazing. This is incredible. He's literally crying right now. This is incredible. This is amazing. Uh, man, that's so hilarious. Shyla Buff. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. But yeah, we love name dropping Christians, dude. And it's it's become really prominent to do so and i think part of it is because there's this this belief amongst christians like once you hit hollywood dude you are like a lost cause man there is there's no coming back there is like there's like living on earth there's going to hell then there's hollywood you know what i'm saying (laughs) like i'm totally kidding i'm totally kidding that is not theologically sound whatsoever there's a total joke <laughs> so oh. but that's 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 how we operate though we think like hollywood's lost cause and, and we cling on to these stories and they're wonderful stories it's it's wonderful to have people who are believers in hollywood but we just love to name drop it right. like like their conversion experience means more because <laughs> because they're famous because there's somebody that everybody knows about right for the most part yeah yeah you want to hear something you want to talk about a a Christian in Hollywood. Yeah. So Cameron I, Candace, Candace Cameron. 
Candace Cameron Bure. What? <laughs> she's famous. Hallmark girl. Candace Cameron. I don't Bure. watch Hallmark, dude. She's not just on Hallmark. Anyway, I, I meant anyway, to, I didn't anyway. mean to interrupt you. So uh, I've been listening to a memoir by Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Okay, and I didn't know that Martin Sheen was of a devout Catholic. Oh, neither, I did neither not know that. <clears throat> um, but I also didn't know that his real name isn't Martin. Like, do you know what his real name is? Yeah, yeah, you told me, yeah. but I did know. I didn't know his his first name till you told me. But I knew his yeah. last name was originally Estevez. Yes, it's Ramon. His 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 fish his actual first name is Ramon Ramon Estevez, which is a great name. And he has a son named Ramon, also, which is Emilio's younger brother. Which is a great name. It's it's a shame that he came to prominence in Hollywood when he did, because Ramon Estevez now would be like one of the most marketable names. Oh yeah, on the planet because yeah. it just sounds. But he so says cool. in the memoir he did it purely for commercial reasons. Right, yeah, like like because there was so much. You told me right, there was so much racism right. towards people of of like any Cuban, type of Latino, yeah. Hispanic descent, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. Yeah. But it's yeah. an interesting audiobook because they both narrate it. Yeah, and it's actually really cool because like you do one chapter where Martin Sheen, like Martin, is narrating, and then it'll cut into like Emilio That's talking, cool. and they they kind of cover the same time periods from both perspectives of father and son oh yeah that's really really cool Emilio Estevez man I I I really wonder what it was like to to be the famous like somewhat famous but also you're not quite as famous as your brother Charlie you're nowhere near as famous as as your dad Martin and he always came across to me as like a normal guy you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying whereas his brother Charlie, I don't is is his real name Charlie? Mm-hmm. So so his name is just Charlie Estevez. Yes. Okay. Charlie Sheen is just like off the rails, man. Yeah. Like I I just wonder what it's like. Be well, it's that also dude's really brother. interesting to like listen to him talk. Like <clears throat> like so because so for a lot of their early lives, like Martin wasn't as prominent as an actor as he is now. Okay, that um, makes sense because I I really don't know of any movies. That he's Until, in where he was like a younger, younger guy. Right. I mean, Apocalypse of How was really like the breakout yeah. role, but but he was still probably yeah he a was working. Older. He was working a lot. Yeah, and like he'd do shoots in other countries, and he would take Amelia and Ramon, mm-hmm. and then Charlie and his and their younger and their sister would stay with his mom. Okay, and it's just interesting to kind of see like how both like the the pairs of kids kind of turned out comparatively. Yeah. Where it was, it's just been interesting. Like, it's an interesting case. Like, that was weird, man. Anyway, it was interesting. We just, I, my phone was over there and just yeah. <laughs> spazzed out with notifications. Yeah. It was crazy. Anyway, anyway, talking about Hollywood. Talking about Hollywood. Can we talk about <clears throat> this college can- scandal thing that's old news now, but I still think is. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talk about that. You probably are a lot more understanding of what's going on. I remember reading those articles of, of the, the scandal with the college admission and just thinking there's a lot of names in here. There's a lot of statistics. There's a lot of information. I understand what happened, but I don't really remember much of it. <laughs> 
Anyway, essentially, it was a lot of prominent wealthy fa- parents were paying somebody to then go and bribe certain officials to get their kids into these prestigious schools. Yeah. Um, but growing up in the 90s, did you ever think they would ever get Aunt Becky for fraud? <laughs> no, man. I mean, growing up in the 90s and then like I mentioned... Guys, I just threw my microphone on the table, so if that was really loud, I apologize. I literally hit it with my hand, and it just just knocked yeah. over. Sorry. Um, but anyway, yeah, I would not have expected uh, Aunt Becky, also known as, what is it, Lori Laughlin, mm-hmm. to uh, get criminalized for this. And even, even like, I, I know she's on some Hallmark stuff now. I've seen it. I think it's Garage Sale Mystery. So I've seen it, and because there's this portrayal of of her as just a character in the show, of just being someone who's really noble, mm-hmm. really respectable, and it it messes with your psyche, right? Because you think because they play a character like right. that, they must be like that in mm-hmm. real life. And I'm not trying to say she's this evil person, but there there's definitely a level of being okay with corruption. Uh, when you're willing to bribe somebody to <laughs> to get your kids into school. Well, it's just like I'm. There's a lot worse things you can do in life. Did you see the sure. video of her daughter, though? No. Um, look it up. It's her talking about how she's not going to actually do school at US, USC. Really? So yeah. she's just going to get in and go? She was just going to go do other things. And just party. That's all she really cared about. Wow, like she, impressive. She's talking about not even being on campus for most of it. Why go through the admission <clears throat> process? You don't I, need to go through the admission process to mad. do that. You just hang out, right? I know, you got friends. Just, uh, but did you see what Dr. Drake did? No. In response? So his daughter got into USC. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he put out an Instagram post. And he's... Um, it, it was... It was just savage. It was so funny. Yeah. And let me pull it up because I want to say the words. I want to say it like what he actually said. So for anybody who doesn't know, Dr. Dre is a very, very, very successful music producer. He's done a little bit of of, uh, hip hop. He was part of this group called NWA, which was kind of famous um, they basically were the <clears throat> the uh, pioneers of, of 90s gangster rap. And he went on to be an extremely successful producer. I, I know that hip-hop is, is a pretty vulgar type of music, but you might have heard of guys like Eminem and Tupac and Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre kind of worked with all of these guys to bring them up. Dr. Dre has also done some of his own solo work. Very successful, very prominent uh, individual, um, I'm trying to remember the name of his record company, and I can't right now. I apologize for that. But did you get that Instagram post yes. up yet? All right, yeah. Josh has the post <clears throat> up, and he's ready to share. So it with it's a you. picture of his daughter with her and him with her acceptance folder to USC. Yeah, and uh, his caption is, "My daughter got accepted in the USC all on her own." Period. No jail time! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Like <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And and like I'm not necessarily a fan of trying to like you know rub things into people's faces or whatever. However, you know college is something 
where it's the first thing that as a kid you get this experience of adulthood of something that you yourself kind of earned Mm -hmm. at least the admission aspect of it you know you kind of earned it right you you had to be the individual who put in the work you begin to see the fruits of your labor and when you get into that school you wanted to go to that's an exciting thing like Mm -hmm. it's an exciting thing to get into the college that you want to go to and the fact that these are schools that are overcrowded and there was somebody who probably should have gone in, who got pushed aside, who didn't get to experience that of getting into the school they wanted to go to, even though they were probably qualified and just the next person down on the list, that's pretty disappointing that because mm-hmm. of corruption and because of, of kind of parents pulling strings and it's all about knowing who you know that this was able to happen. So I think the reason why this situation comes into prominence is because it's like, you know, there there's a lot of kids who would have really liked to go in that school who legitimately earned it, and they're being pushed out by kids who aren't. it wasn't just that school. It, there were a few schools involved, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that the number of, of cases that they have are pretty high uh, going on. And, and college admission and all that stuff is very, very tricky right now. Uh, There's a lot of things going on within our culture and society that I really think need to be revisited, especially when most qualified candidates are getting pushed out because of uh, ethnicity-based reasons. I think that as much as I'm I'm all for equality in this country and and all about that, it it definitely seems to be inconsistent to be keeping certain individuals out of schools because of ethnic reasons and it's mm-hmm. happening a lot within the asian community of of a lot of people who aren't getting into these schools because well, they're taking it to the supreme court because yeah. of it oh yeah so it's a real issue and now i'm gonna say this and because there was another news story that went through that i saw um but it kind of it kind of highlights like if you actually put in the work and you actually take the time you're gonna get into any school that you want to go to because yeah. there's this girl um, she is a five sport athlete. Okay. Right. Um, she does several extracurriculars and maintained a 4.1. She received a million dollars in scholarships mm-hmm. and got accepted to 50 schools. That's awesome. Yes. Way to go. Yes. And, and the thing too is like... <clears throat> The kids who are able to do this, I think they, they just get in touch with their potential at an extremely young age. I actually think there's a lot of people who have the potential to do these things, but as 15, 16, 17-year-old kid, you just don't have the discipline. Right. You know, you don't have the discipline to do it, nor the desire, like because you can't see the end game. You can't see the positive end results. And so I think the kids who grasp this and take a hold of it, they deserve, they deserve what they get. Mm-hmm. They earn it. And... Kind of, kind of. We're talking a lot about Hollywood this week, yes, and, we are. and something we talked about before even hitting record. At this point, we have not talked about anything we plan to talk about. <laughs> but before we started, we were talking about what ha- happened this week, and something that happened. And we didn't really talk about it much when it happened. Was the fact that there's an individual, famous person. He's on television. His name is Jesse Smollett, who was indicted on uh, I can't remember how many. Uh, crimes but basically he <laughs> he set up a crime scene faked that faked a hate crime hired people to commit certain actions that allegedly 
Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> um, that made it appear as if a hate crime was committed against him. And it kind of started to come out that this thing looked like a hoax and the Chicago Police Department investigated it and it came across as like, we have some serious information that would lead to this guy's guilt. So he was arrested, uh, made bail. And recently this week, the prosecutor uh, decided to drop the charges on him. And so what I wanted to talk to Josh about, because Josh and I, we both have a decent amount of knowledge about certain things, Mm -hmm. but both of us tend to know a lot about different things. And Josh is kind of beginning to be an expert in all things that have to do with our government. Because he is a secret agent. I am. I'm not kidding. A he's not. He's oh not. Goodness. He is not. Oh my goodness! I would never say that on on a podcast online. It's a total joke. Uh, but but anyway, Josh is really smart and educated when it comes to this type of stuff. And people were people were legitimately mad. Like people, uh, and of course, most of my inner circle of friends are Christians. Disappointed by this, uh, and even those who are not disappointed by this, the mayor of Chicago is disappointed by this. The Chicago police chief is disappointed by this. Like, and then I read uh, Michelle Fox's response, and she made it sound like this is a normal thing for people to experience who uh, are are indicted on these crimes because unless there is extreme compelling evidence to get a conviction these cases most of the time are dropped my question for josh is that true or is there a little bit of falseness in in that state i think not knowing exactly the conversations that they had it was probably i mean she's probably being truthful um because you have to think she has to try him in chicago the jury's probably going to be mostly African Americans okay and depending on what outlets they're listening to I mean a lot of the media portrayed this as a skin and a LGBT kind of thing yeah and I mean the reality is is that if they didn't think that they could get the conviction they would they would consider it bad stewardship to try to pursue the conviction, mm-hmm. especially for something that's not a heinous, violent crime. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, it's it's whatever. But at the same time, the city has to save face, and that's why you have the mayor and the chief of police coming out saying that they're disappointed because they. I mean, I don't know how, what evidence they have. I don't I don't know the details, but it's they. They're trying to make it seem like, okay, this is like someone took advantage of the system and got out. Yeah. And and a lot of people, I think, we live in a time where I think there is a lot of distrust towards our government. Mm -hmm. And I think my my thing is, is from an outsider's perspective, it's, this is really weird, right? Mm -hmm. It seemed like we were convinced that this was was pretty much signed sealed delivered right right and that's the that's the downfall of media that you get whatever spin whatever news mm-hmm. outlets t- telling you but it was really bizarre because uh 
you know, this was something that was was rapidly turned over and got a lot of press. And so, so and that's the other thing too is like, okay, have you listened to Serial at all? The podcast we talked about this last after Sunday discussion. Did remember we? that? Did we? Yeah, we I did. Remember. I have not listened to it. Remember, that's okay. when I proposed a cereal podcast all about cereal. Like <laughs> yes, the I breakfast remember. food. I remember. But I just, like, going off of that, though, like, season three takes place all in Cuyahoga County. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a very good case study about just how the legal system works in this country. Yeah. And, I mean, something that they do very good to show is, like, if you can pay for a lawyer, you can pretty much get out of anything. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and being a Hollywood actor, he probably has the funds to pay for a, somebody who's more, more, who has more time to fight this than a public defender. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the other thing is that like, you're also talking about a system and a, and a, a district that has, a lot of much more pressing crimes that they have to deal with and they have to push through the, push through the court system. Mm-hmm. And that probably played a huge factor on their decision on whether or not to press charges. Yeah. I mean, also, it would be super high profile and would you really want to deal with it? I mean, whatever. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And this kind of gets me into the... how How much should we... As individuals, especially like from a faith-based perspective, how much should we be wanting people to have justice for their crimes? It's almost like the the entire world, especially like I would say from like a conservative bias. If you read anything conservative bias, like it was like this guy was caught. He's got to pay for his crimes. He was faking a hate crime. All this. He's got to go to jail. And so is like people who legitimately wanted to see this guy convicted of a crime, a guy who, if he went to prison, would have gone to probably minimal security and virtually, like, it probably wouldn't have changed him much. Um, but at the same time, it's just this desire to want to see somebody pay for their crimes. Where where it's interesting, I come from the standpoint of, and, and it's like, I just want to see people change. Mm-hmm. And and whatever happens to Mr. Smollett, I, I don't know. But th- there's just something unsettling to me, yes, when it just kind of was let go and, it, you know, no further case was pursued. It's like, man, that's, that's weird. It seems like there's something messed up going on there because we were told a different narrative. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I just hope the dude changes. And Yeah. I mean, you got to also remember, like, his career is essentially done. For now, I mean, uh, I think eventually he'll get a he'll get another shot. I really do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just. Well, actually, I'm not gonna get into that. I'm. I, I feel like his career is done. Maybe. Um. But, I mean, the reality is, is that we. It's frustrating because, like, I literally just... I was on Instagram earlier today, and I saw an advertisement for an apparel company. Yeah. Like, t-shirts. Yeah. That's all they do is t-shirts. And they used the the dropping of the charges to push 
something that they want to do fundraiser wise. Okay. And like, can you believe this, this, like, like, like he gets all this media attention, all this, like, like it's, it's so unfair. Like here we have, and they're trying to raise money for someone else who's in prison. I have no idea what his story is, but Mm. apparently like, like they're making the case that he doesn't have access to his legal counsel or health services or anything like that. And he's, um, and they're trying to raise money by selling t-shirts to yeah. to fund to fund that but like they just like it was interesting cuz it was so quick to leverage yeah the dropping of the charges and to say like look at what the media is saying and uh, and they're not bringing any attention to this case yeah they're bringing all this attention to this guy but not to this guy and it's just like and and that's a tr- i mean it's a valid argument yeah. because it's true somebody from hollywood gets arrested and media's all over it but when yeah. you have someone who like in this example is a veteran and like served his country honorably gets sent to jail in a, I I can't I don't even know where he's in jail at but yeah. like like dealing with that it's like and that gets no coverage whatsoever I mean there's injustice in there and people yeah. get mad about that yeah and, yeah and I think that's the that's the big thing right is that people feel like there is injustice we we politically as a country have this viewpoint of, of innocent until proven guilty, but we live in a time because of social media, because of how how we you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. We can get we can get facts faster than the legal system can work. But are they facts? We can get facts in air quotes, right? Things that we think are facts, things right. that we are we can get information. Right. Whether or not it's true. We have to deduce. I mean, how many times have we had those, the the stories recently where, like, the media spun it one way. All the media spun it one way. It doesn't matter what side yeah. you go to. They spin it one way or another. And then two, three, four weeks later, you fi- actually find out what actually happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. Like, And it doesn't get any coverage. Right. It doesn't get any coverage because the news cycle's already moved on. Right. It doesn't but get it, clicks. But, but it's affected these people's lives. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, and, and that's the thing where it's like, okay, at least at least in this situation, at the end of the day, there is not someone whose name was thrown across, you know, thrown through the mud because of this. Not a single individual's reputation is totally destroyed because of another individual's mm-hmm. actions but if, but if this were a different crime for example that would target an individual and mm-hmm. falsely reporting the crime of a targeted individual i i do think that the consequences for you that know, need to be a little bit more serious because you're potentially ruining someone else's life you know who did a really good job about address like talking about this in my opinion yeah who uh john oliver on last week tonight okay because i want to say it was from rick from time of recording, this was two weeks ago. He sat down with Monica Lewinsky. Okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. talk about somebody whose name got drugged through the mud. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and just talk, like, and he sat down and he kind of just like, because, I mean, that whole controversy. I mean, mm-hmm. it all took uh, took place before social media. Oh yeah. And I mean, we're still talking about her and we're, yeah. like you talk about the scandal it's named after her it's not named after the president right it's named after her oh and, yeah and that is if you ever media are geniuses folks there's there's profanity in the interview but it is it is a to listen to her talk about having to go through it as a 20 
20, like early 20 something. Yeah. And have to deal with that. Like it's, in, it's, it's crazy. And I feel for it. Cause honestly, like she got, she got the short end of the stick when it came to that. But nowadays, I mean, you, you have to pray to never be on the news. Yeah. Because the moment you're in the news, all it takes is you go to for a job interview and all they have to do is type in your name in the Google. And the first thing that's going to come up is the bad press. Oh, yeah. And they're going to and they're not going to take the time to actually find out what really happened. Yeah. Which I, I mean, and that kind of comes uh, to what we talked about in the past Reagan Coles episode, right? About church troubles and church mm-hmm. scandals and things like that, where especially when it comes to avenues of faith, you know, if your name right. was in the press for any any reason it was probably negative um but but you know it's 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 a, a time where i think more than ever we really need to be concerned as as like i say this as as a person of faith as a christian just be praying that god will just convict more and more people to to come to him and i know that it doesn't seem like that's happening it, it doesn't but what what's really easy for people to do is right now we live in a time where because of social media and because it's not necessarily innocent until proven guilty, it's more who can talk faster, who can talk louder, who can give you more information. Not necessarily truth or facts, just who can give you more information. And well, the- it's scary. Yeah. There's that old phrase, I, I, I want to say it was Winston Churchill, he said, um, I can't remember what exactly it was, but it, it was something like, uh, a story A story will make it around the world before the truth can put its shoes on. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great quote. I mean, you, you, And that was so much <laughs> longer, I mean, that was so much way before social 70, media. That was 70 years ago. Churchill was the man, dude. And and to think like nowadays with Twitter and with just the way the world works with the internet, it's it it'll go around seven, eight, nine, ten times a day before the truth shows up. Yeah. And because we're such a this is I'm I'm actually trying to write a blog post about it. It's like we stop listening. We stop paying attention. It's we, we everything has to be within 140 characters or oh, yeah. a headline. Yeah, and we like we've 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 become impatient with information. Yeah, I mean, even now, Josh, if if an individual really wanted to, like, even with our small footprint on the internet, there is someone who could take our, our recordings, our information, our website, and with malicious intent could could doctor it in such a way to try Please and destroy don't do that. us or don't do that. or someone could try and destroy our reputation right. or whatever because people sometimes want to get attention they want to get their own 15 minutes and their own fame and they don't care about anybody else mm-hmm. social media i think has done something very strange to us as people. Very strange to us. Very something that seems quite opposite of our call to humility as as Christians. 
it's so weird to think about the fact that we have a highly trafficked application that is all about taking pictures of yourself and your own life and you only share the ones that are perfect and it's weird it's strange and don't get me wrong i think social media is a great tool i mean we use mm-hmm. it for this podcast we use it for this website i think it's a great tool it's a great roadway for information but at the same time it is is like any tool right like a a knife is both a great tool for doing what it needs to do but it can also be extremely dangerous right wielded in the wrong way i think it's interesting though because social media is also okay this is gonna sound weird I'm this ready is, for this a weird. Is going conspiracy. We're get, we this are getting into that time of the evening and the podcast where it gets weird. This is where it's going to get really good. So, so a friend of mine and I were having a conversation on last Saturday. So, from recording, it was a Saturday ago, and we we're talking about this restaurant that's in Cleveland. Which I mean, the restaurant's like 18, 18 miles away from here. Um, and I had never been to this restaurant. And we were talking in person, not on the phone, not via text message, not via anything. We were literally at a restaurant talking. Three days later, guess what comes up is recommended to like on Facebook. What you were talking about. The restaurant. Oh, the restaurant. <laughs> the exact. Oh, yeah. okay. And I'm like, I'm like, it, it seems like, but we hadn't, we hadn't typed anything in. Okay, and I'm like, they have to be listening. Like, they, there's no way that they would know that we were talking about this restaurant unless they were listening. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, it's kind of creepy. It's really creepy. And I mean, I, I mean, there are a ton of privacy issues when it comes to social media. Because everything you post on there automatically belongs to these companies. Yeah, it's And then bizarre. they start... They, like honestly, like like Instagram says you still own your pictures, but you they they have the right to sell them if they want to, and you have no way of getting any royalties from it whatsoever. Yeah. The moment you post anything or type anything into a social media platform, you've given that information away for free, and they use that to sell it. Even if you secure copyright beforehand, what? Even if you secure copyright beforehand, yeah. There, it's in the terms of service that nobody reads. That makes sense because there's a lot of artists that don't put their stuff on Instagram. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. What they do is they go to a website like 500px or a, like a strictly photography website. Yeah. Okay. And that's and most of those websites are actually like online portfolios. Right. And then you can sell licenses to your photos straight from those platforms, and the platforms get to cut, and that's how they make money that way. Do you think that that is why Instagram makes posting photos the way it does, that it can really only be a photo that is from your phone's No, memory? you can post from, I mean... You can't post from a desktop. You can't post from a desktop, but you can post, like... It has to get onto your phone, It though. has to get onto your phone. And, and I think... Or your tablet. Can you do it off of the tablet? Uh, probably yeah probably a tablet but, so, but i think part of that maybe part of that is because they they don't want to deal with the fight against professional photographers who might you 
Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you have a lot of professional photographers. Actually, not that many. You have quite a few, though, who use, like, iPad Pros and stuff. So, I yeah. mean, there are ways. And, and there are platforms that will allow you to post to Instagram. Okay. Off of your desktop. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I know a lot of professional photographers who actually do post their pictures on Instagram. Okay. But it's not the photos that they're trying to sell. Right. They're not trying to sell the photos. They're just trying to get and just get yes. information out, right. awareness exactly. out. Exactly. And a lot of them actually are like the photos that they're submitting to magazines. Okay. And then they're doing the it's like promotion for the magazine essentially so i mean it's instagram's a great way if you're into photography or into online marketing yeah to get your name out there and your information out there yeah but it's you're not going to be posting things that you're trying to sell if that makes any sense right at least at least photography wise. photography wise right. yeah i mean obviously you could put something that's like an advertisement up there and find right. some revenue for yourself but yeah, you, that's, yeah that's just so bizarre once you post a photo on instagram they own it that mm-hmm. is nuts yep. that is so nuts it seems so weird that that's just okay right like it's <laughs> amazing but i mean you think about facebook you think about linkedin you think about Twitter, you think about Google Maps, Yelp, Pokemon Go. Yeah. I mean, at all of these things, they're just collecting data. Oh, yeah. And it, it's, it's crazy because as our world gets more and more digital, I wrote a paper about this my freshman year of college. And this is so funny because it seems hypocritical because I – I'm super into ebooks. I am all about ebooks, physical hard copy books. I just stopped buying because I have no more room for them, right? I've talked about this before. But I wrote a paper my freshman year in college with an actual voice of awareness towards the purchase of digital content. And this was me writing as a. 18 year old who loved like conspiracy science Mm -hmm. fiction like i've mentioned it before i love 1984 i love fahrenheit 451 i love animal farm like all this stuff that's like anti-communism anti-censorship all that type of stuff love that so anyway wrote this paper as a freshman in college i would love to track it down i'll have to find the old laptop and see if it is as good as I remember. But I remember getting a compliment by my professor because of it and talking about how the digital distribution of things and using ebooks as an example is a perfect way, as we continue to buy into it, it's a perfect way to make the uh, radicalized burning of books a much easier reality um, because digital information can be manipulated a lot easier than than burning books right and and the truth is who who knows like it it could be slowly changing over time Mm -hmm. maybe our books are are slowly but surely having one or two words changed at a time you never know it's probably not happening yet but it's weird because as our world goes more digital we are just letting go of physical goods, which in a lot of ways I think is good because I think material possession and holding up a bunch of material goods uh, can be another issue. 
But as the world becomes more digital, we're also making it way, way, way easier to be manipulated, changed. Well, it's interesting, too, because as you go, I mean, when you do digital, you're not purchasing anything physical. You're not actually purchasing anything. Other than a license. You're purchasing a license to be able to use that license as long as the distributor carries the license. Right. And as long as the creator provides the license. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and like, it's so weird because, I mean, like, I've, I've seen on my iTunes, like, albums gone off my library iTunes isn't carrying it anymore. Yep. And you're going, well, there goes 30 tracks. I'll never listen to it again because they stopped making the CD forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I just got an email this past week from Ultraviolet, yep, a digital movie dis- distributor, that they're shutting down. Now, that's not a huge deal because basically they were like a pipeline. Mm-hmm. But at the at the end of the day, it's still a reality that these companies are not promised to last forever. Right. However, since a lot of my digital goods are held through uh, Amazon, uh, I feel like if Amazon is needing to take away these digital rights and shutting down to that extent, there's probably a much bigger problem in the right. world. And that'll probably be my concern rather than what's going to happen <laughs> to my movies or my books. And, and and two that that's also why I'm an advocate for trying to to read and familiarize yourself with things and and don't just don't just take somebody's word for something because they said it whatever Josh and I say on on either the after Sunday discussion which is we don't I mean Shia LaBeouf is is all you need to know it's not it's <laughs> not as serious of a tone as raking coals but seriously don't don't take anything that we say as as gospel or, or definite truth because we're just humans we're just guys and we could be totally wrong in things we we say or or mm-hmm. or the information that we give we're not trying to be wrong but we might be and and if you find something we say call us out on it respond on facebook or or email us through the 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 webpage just let us know we're mm-hmm. we're totally welcome to be wrong but that also like everything you read on the internet isn't true every every piece of information that you hear isn't necessarily true everything that comes through on social media isn't necessarily true and you don't want to believe that no one wants to think that they're constantly being lied to and i think there's a level of of healthiness to wanting to believe people but at the same time uh, it's also okay to be like, maybe they're not telling okay. the truth. Let's get a little controversial real quick. Sure. Okay. And I know we don't like talking politics. Right. Not necessarily. No, I know. I, <laughs> but I, we, I, I personally, I'm just politically confused for, <laughs> I have been for a while. I'm just, okay. Talking about feeling like you're being lied to and all of this stuff. The Mueller report came out this week. <laughs> Okay. Did you read it? Did no, you hear anything I, about I, it? I didn't. I've heard a little bit about it. I didn't read anything about it. I've just heard people talking about it at work and stuff like okay. that. Okay. Okay. So for the past two years, what has been the party line about the Trump campaign? I'm just going to throw this out. Just tell me. 
collusion with Russia, right? Right. I mean, and then the AG could. comes out, or Mueller's report goes to the AG, and the AG says there's no evidence, or there's no not not that there's no evidence, but there's no there's there's no indication of collusion. There's no way that they can prosecute Trump. I know, I know where you're going with this. Now. Okay, keep going, keep going. And people are up in arms right now because they're like, oh my, I mean, you're talking two years of, you turn on two or three um, news sources and it's collusion, collusion, collusion. And then you go to two or three others and it's witch hunt, witch hunt, witch hunt, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not easy to make the news. But they sure make it look like it's easy to make the news. You just you get one thing and you just hammer it home, and that's all you gotta do, man. But then you have, I mean, you have one party saying collusion, the other party saying witch hunt. Yeah. And it's why do we live in the time that we live in right now? It's just so frustrating because people people identify like they they dig their heels into what they think is going to be the truth, and then when you have a 22-month investigation come to a close with no more indictments over other than what they've already indicted over, okay? Which was nothing related to collusion with Russia, but, like, other things that they found out. Yeah. Um, and none of them directly dealing with the subject of the investigation. Right. Um, and and you have... You have the people who are saying witch hunt feeling vindicated and using it as their prime example of why we should do nothing the other side wants to do. Right. Okay. And and degrading the other side because they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other side who they don't want to believe the results and they want everything to be out in the in the open mm-hmm. and they want to continue investigating. Yeah. Because they think the FBI agents and the process the special prosecutor were wrong. Yeah. Because they didn't like the answer. Right. <laughs> so convenient. <laughs> but then you're listening to the news outlets and everybody, like, you have you have the witch hunt people going, oh my goodness, like, see, we were right. We were telling you these people are idiots. So the, the other news organizations are idiots. And then you have these other people who are like, we can't believe this. <laughs> I mean, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I mean, most of the major, the major news outlets are, are, this is my opinion, they're entertainment first. Mm-hmm. In fact, second, they they want you to read. They want you to view how concerned they are about being right. I am skeptical of because there's so many changes of stories, so many storylines that are pushed that just aren't that important, and they're just trying to get people to click. They're just now, trying to get people. Let to me ask you this question and read. Because they're dying. They are dying. Okay, here's my question. Do you think, instead of watching these national 24-7 news outlets, mm-hmm. we should just go back to watching our local news and just let it be that? I, I watch I watch the local news. Okay. The, the local news is 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 pretty pretty nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's short. It's to the point. It seems to be, at least where we live. We live mm-hmm. in the Cleveland area. We get Cleveland area news. And they, they seem to just want to tell you the stories of things that are going on. Right. And that's nice. Right. That's very nice. And it's if it's not like a news news thing, it's this is what's going on here this weekend. 
Yeah. Or here's what's new at the zoo. Or here's what's new. Here's a new grocery store or restaurant that's opening up. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that's more relevant to most people's lives. And yeah, I mean, you still get the national news, but it's still it's very like this is what's going on. Yeah, and that's it. And, and think about it. For example, it's it's to the a twenty four hour news cycle, and they gotta fill it with something. They gotta fill it with something. And let's just be honest. Anything that is 24-hour isn't necessarily always hitting on all cylinders. It just always has to be open. Like, shopping at Walmart at 3 in the morning is a much different experience (laughs) than shopping at Walmart at 2 in the afternoon on a Saturday. You're going to get two different experiences. And, And same thing with, like, if you go to... If you go to your local uh, gas station slash that you know food hangout convenience store, you're gonna get uh, a much different experience at you know midnight than you are at, at you know twelve in the afternoon. It just it's just gonna be different experiences, and there's different varying levels of quality. So why would it not be any difference with the news? Okay, did you see that one local news story out of Arizona though? No, about the anti-vaxer. That no. Oh. Okay, so this is a, so the reason I bring this up is like we we because of the way that news is being polarized. I feel like we've come to the point where people are able to pick and choose what they want to believe, right? And thus you have this increase in the flat Earth, you Earthers, and the anti-vaxxers and. Yeah. And like people are like the earth is flat, Josh. Is it really? Mm-hmm. It's flat. That's interesting. Cuz I wish I could see the pyramids from my house. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz theoretically, if it was flat and I got high enough, I should be able to see them. <laughs> okay. Right? I don't know. I I'm just kidding. I'm not a flat earther. But <laughs> I I Cuz yeah. you think about it, if I get high enough and Okay, this is just me being a whatever. But if I get high enough in elevation and the earth is flat Mm -hmm. and Egypt and the Sahara are very much at sea level. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so if I get 10,000 feet above sea level, no, whatever, Appalachian Mountains, have a powerful enough telescope, I should be able to see the pyramids without going to space. With a powerful enough telescope, I think so. I mean, it's just a simple, I mean, that's kind of trigonometry, right? When, right? You, when you're talking about going up and then and then looking down, Can whatever you do that in Appalachian? Is. No, you can't. So I'm just going to say that. <laughs> anyway, so so you have the anti-vax series It's got to be a clear media. day. It can't be cloudy, Josh. <laughs> anyway, so, because I was having the conversation earlier at church. Not at church, no at coffee, um, but we were, we were talking about how like there's this growth of people who don't believe in truth and absolute truth, yeah, and they don't believe in what like what has been pro- proven very reliable science, mm-hmm. such as vaccines. Yeah. So you have these anti-vaxxers who just aren't vaccinating the kids because of Facebook and whatever. But anyway. Yeah. Um. So. Here's a story out of Arizona. Is 
mom went to this nath I can't even pronounce the word. It's nat natural. Uh, it's one of those doctors that don't believe in like who believes in like natural medicines. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the word. When I think of it, I'll shout it it's out. It's like natural. Ah, uh, whatever. Homeopathic. Something like that. Okay. Um. Anyway, so the, she takes her kid to the doctor because he's running a fever. The doctor goes, "You need to take him to the hospital, like an actual hospital." Because he might have viral meningitis and he wasn't vaccinated. Oh. Okay. And the kid might die. And he said, "You need to take him to the hospital to get tested, and I will, and I will have the hospital call me when you show up." She never took the kid to the hospital because the hospital never called. The doctor called the hospital. The hospital said she never showed up. She took the kid home. So the doctor called uh, Health and Human Services. Okay, Arizona's DS uh, Department of Child Services. Yeah, and said you need to do a welfare check because this is what happened. So the social worker goes, and the mom said he's fine. Don't don't come in. So they get the police involved, get a warrant to go do a welfare check on this kid. Yeah, and she wouldn't let him in. The police called the SWAT team in. They busted the door down. Wow. Guns drawn and shields, body wow. armor and everything. Wow, look at the. Like the fugitive task force was coming after the kids. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and they took the kid and they put him. They took the one kid, and I don't know what happened, but they ended up getting a warrant for the other two, and putting all the kids in the child protective service or child services, um, and take and charge the parents with um, child uh, child endangerment. Well, I mean, think think about it though. Okay, it, like you are told. Your child has an illness that any individual should know can kill them. Right. And you don't take them to the doctor. That's exactly what it is. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's endangering your child to the reality they might die. And whatever you think about medicine and hospitals or anything like that, if your child is dying and a doctor can help, right. take them to a doctor. If medicine can help, give them the medicine. We're talking about life and death here. But my favorite part of the entire story was they had a state congresswoman make a comment about it. And she said, this isn't the America I believe in, that they would do this. It's like, what else do you expect them to do? The kid has, I mean, at what point? Does the state supposed to step in and care for a child? Listen, if the state is stepping in to save a child's life, man, dude, I am fine with that. You right? know what Wouldn't I'm saying? Would anybody be okay with that? Like, 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 I understand wanting small government and the state not to interfere with a lot of things. I get that. I, I believe in individual freedom to a very large extent and... And I do think our nation, our society, does have a obligation to especially look out for the welfare of of young children because mm-hmm. because they don't know how to take care of themselves. Right. They don't know how to save themselves from from this type of illness or mm-hmm. or dying. And if their parents aren't helping them, if the parents not going to take them to the hospital, it seems only right that somebody tries to save the kid's life. It just makes sense. And it's just interesting because 
I mean, you talk, I mean, if you look at any of the statistics about anti-vaxxers, most of them are getting their information from social media. Which is scary. Right. And you have, I mean, kind of with like our entire conversation tonight has been kind of focused on the fact that, I mean, we stopped paying it, like we stopped really paying attention and trying to figure out what was real and what isn't. And we're just going off of what we think is real. Yeah. And this is another thing I'm going to say. This is, I'm not trying to get too much into murky waters with social and political stuff, but it looks like we've kind of jumped in there. (laughs) Um, but but something too is, is this is what happens is especially when we are faith based individuals and we're holding to these certain viewpoints whether it's anti vaccine or, or 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 anything that Josh mentioned right that that proven studied science and medicine has really given us good reasons to believe like hey this works right. And then when we as individuals, faith-based individuals, then just begin to doubt this because we think there's this just ongoing corruption and conspiracy in all people all the time in every way, then I think we begin to discredit ourselves from the realm of reason with people. I think that's why you see just a general disrespect and negligence from most of the intellectual and scientific community towards people of faith because they see silly actions and they think that's what defines people of faith, right? People who who don't reason, who don't logic, who don't study. The reality is, is I don't think that is true of most believers of most christians of most people of faith however because of these these crazy things going on then somehow or another we just kind of get thrown into this like weird (laughs) subculture of people who are doing things that in, in my opinion just need way better evidence for 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 them to hold to to this opinion you're allowed to do whatever you want with your kids as a parent and and I'm not telling anyone that they're a bad parent cuz they don't get vaccines. I understand your convictions and your position, but and, the, there and is Let's be honest, there's there's a ton of vaccines and some of them are unnecessary. Yeah. I mean that's that's also proven science. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just it's okay to be skeptical and it's okay to want to do further information, but but just know, like, like if ADHD or whatever is a side effect or whatever of these these vaccine these vaccines, um, if your kid gets polio, they're probably gonna die. Um, there's a big difference in in, right. in those two things, and this is me not being a scientist myself, but also coming from the standpoint of I view myself as a reasonable individual. I am a pretty well-educated individual. I think that there is sound proof and evidence for what I believe. And I can have these conversations with people and logic and reason. And I can be okay with people not believing in what I believe, Mm -hmm. but I can also walk away knowing that, hey, I gave my best and I gave good reasons. And, And I think that's kind of where we need to be, is we need to be able to give our best and good reasons. Have good reasons for what you say and what you believe. And if you can find out that there's better reasons for the contrary, then maybe you should consider them. Right. What time are we at? 
We are at one hour and 20 minutes, everybody. We've been going for quite a while, and Josh is looking rather tired. So we're going to wrap up this um, episode of the After Sunday Discussion, Episode 9. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. We were all over the place today, and it started off super-duper lighthearted and got extremely serious. I loved it. I thought it was really good. Had a lot of fun. Thank you all for listening in. I have no more further thoughts because if I start something, I'll go on forever. So thank you all for listening. I'm Cody Haggard. Josh, do you have anything to say before we sign off? Absolutely not. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Please check us out next time on the After Sunday Discussion. And as always, please have a blessed week and a good night. Bye-bye.